Hello and welcome to episode 169 of Enough. My name is Mike Hurley and I am joined, as always, by your host, the man himself, the Grand Poobah, that is <laughs> Mr. Patrick Rowan. Poobah. 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 How are gotcha. you? Oh, I'm doing all right. How are you, sir? I'm very well. It's good to talk to you again. Yeah, good to talk to you. I mean, it's been, uh, I don't know, it's been like an exciting week or so since we last talked. Uh, long week. I mean, so you you got an iPhone 5, didn't you? Yeah, I got one, yeah. Yeah, of course you did. How's that working out for you? I'm loving it very much. Yeah, yeah, you like it? I love it. The kids seem to be liking theirs. Yeah, I, I, I really do. I got the white one as well, so I have no problems. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to mention the whole scratching thing, but yeah. Uh, there's that. It's not a problem. So, uh, one of the, uh, a couple of things I like to have top of mind, and I kind of want to get this all out there mm-hmm. before I forget it. So, we're just going to dive right in. Let's I hope that's it. okay with people. No, let's do it. No chit chat. No time for that. All right. <clears throat> um, I've been kicking around a thought in my head for a while, and uh, and here it is. When we dig up past civilizations, uh, you know, we uncover them, you know, I'm thinking of Egypt and ancient Greece and, you know, Mesopotamia and uh, all of these uh, past civilizations. And we, you know, dig up their stuff and we try to learn about them and we try to learn about the culture and we send stuff around to museums around the world and people parade through those museums to look at the stuff. What is the stuff that they're looking at? Are they looking at, and this is, you know, obviously in general, are they looking at uh, the business documents of uh, some ancient Egyptian corporation? You know, are we going to see the great treasures unfolded uh, at some, uh, you know, of some farming cooperatives, venture capitalization funding, (laughs) you know, or something like that? I mean, are we like, no. We want to see the pottery. We want to see the architecture. We want to see the art. It is the art that gives us the window into the culture, right? Mm -hmm. It is the creative arts um, and the practical arts, you know, that being architecture, writing, well, the writing can be a creative art too, but it is, it is these, these, um, these arts, um, that really are what are left as far as we are concerned with the civilization. And in fact, for the most part, uh, everything else uh, has either disintegrated or we just ignore it. <laughs> I mean, sure, to, to the historians and such, the, the business documents, stuff like that, that might be interesting, right? And maybe, you know, we dig up some ancient, uh, you know, Egyptian tablet with some hieroglyphs on it that really are hieroglyphs, their way of documenting some business transaction. But what we, average people, 
are interested in is its artistic value. You know, it's the hieroglyphs may be, you know, it may say on some little plaque next to it while sitting in this glass case beautifully lit from several advantageous angles may say, oh, this is uh, a, you know, documenting a uh, business transaction. We don't care. We're looking at the beauty of the language. We are looking at it because uh, not of what it says to us about the culture, uh, but how it makes us feel. Uh, for the same reason we evaluate and look at uh, most art is, you know, we, you know, it should evoke an emotion, it should evoke a feeling, and it should evoke some sort of connection at uh, at a deep uh, yet uh, difficult to explain level. At least art at its best, right? And in fact, I would argue that our enjoyment of art is uh, is often driven by what we don't know as much as about what we know. I'll give you an example of that. One of the reasons the Mona Lisa has become so revered is because at its, at its heart, it's basically is a portrait. It's a portrait no different than the hundreds of thousands of portraits that were done <laughs> during that time. Uh, of, you know, people both, uh, you know, uh, important, non-important, um, you know, the, the portraits were like, you know, the Instagram of that time, as it were. But what makes the Mona Lisa so compelling is the smile, right? It, it, it's, it's, it's that sly, sly smile she's got on her face. And the fact that we don't know why. For all we know, there could have been, you know, Leonardo making some joke off, <laughs> you know, outside the frame, you know, and she's trying to like hold her composure. Uh, it could be someone's tickling her feet for all we know. Uh, yeah, we don't know, right? All we know is here's this young, beautiful Italian lady with this sly smile and this beautiful painting of her. And what's most interesting about it is what we don't know. And so I bring this back around to the idea that 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years from now, when they dig up this ancient civilizations, these ancient civilizations, what will be left behind? And more specifically, of the internet, what will be the most interesting? Will it be the equipment, the hard drives and the routers and the, <laughs> the cables and the, you know, will, will that be of interest? Will the data be of great interest. And what of that data, right? Are we going to be interested in email exchanges? Yeah, that'll be interesting to some historians, some historians and you know, we'll give a clue into but I would argue it's the creative expression. It's the art. 
It's the, you know, it's, it's the things that we're adding to it that are, that are, are creative at a level of excellence that it gives a clear window and picture into the culture in the same way that the treasures of King Tut did, in the same way that the ruins at Olympia did, in the same ways that you, you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And that when we th- approach when we approach what we are doing on it in that way, perhaps it will help to elevate it that much more. Just a thought. It's a good fault. Thank you. I mean, I, I think a lot of people, most people see, you know, will listen to this and think, oh, well, does everything have to be art? No. But it should cause you to at least take a pause and maybe raise your game here and there a little bit. Like, I think that anything that you enjoy, you should make like an art. You know, mm. if, you take, if you take care in something, you should turn it into an art form because that's kind of what art is. It's, it's um, people's passion for things or it's a, a, a care or a love for something and it becomes like an art for them. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it does just because you don't paint, or just because you don't um, compose symphonies, just because you don't write amazing books like Pat does, doesn't mean <laughs> that what you create is an art. Like I consider me sitting here and gassing with you for an hour. This is my art. This is what I create. This is what my hands make. Mm. Um, Certainly, what you do on command space is an art form. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. I, I have tremendous respect for anyone who can interview well, and you do a great job of that. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, you want to know where this really kind of bubbled up to the surface for me uh, this past weekend? Yeah. Um, this past weekend I went to uh, – on Saturday I was at the Minnesota Bloggers Conference, um, which uh, is three years running now. Um, and, uh, you know, just uh, a – kind of mini day-long conference for Minnesota bloggers. It's about a couple hundred people there, uh, two, three hundred. It was pretty great. Um, but um, one of the sessions uh, that uh, my friend uh, Michael Roventine uh, put on uh, was uh, the very uh, link baity titled uh, 15... Fifteen WordPress plugins you need right now, and five that will totally blow your mind, or something, right? Mm-hmm. And it was great. And he went through a bunch of WordPress plugins, and some of them I'd, I'd heard about before, but had never really considered, and that sort of thing. And one of these that I had heard about before, but never really considered, was one that's now part of WordPress's Jetpack. A plugin collection um, uh, called After the Deadline. And what After the Deadline um, is, is it's a um, not only a spelling checker, but it enhances the built-in spell checker in WordPress uh, uh, and adds uh, grammar uh, 
checking as well, and it does it through uh, artificial intelligence algorithms. And it's uh, you know, and I I kind of poo poo uh, grammar checkers in general just because you know many of them are kind of hard and fast and don't take style into account and things like that. Um, but I got to tell you, after this uh, after the session, I gave it another shot, and I absolutely fell in love. And I went through on patrickrone.com like about 20 or 30 posts of my past posts and went through it with uh, after the deadline. Uh, and it caught things that I, after reading them dozens upon dozens of times, you know, didn't catch. Uh, both silly typos, uh, stupid mistakes, um, but also things that are like, yeah, I guess that could have been worded better. Right. Um, and I was very impressed and surprised uh, with how well it did. And this got me to thinking about, like, no one's ever going to notice this. You know, the three people that read my personal blog are never going to know, you know, that I made these corrections, especially not on past posts, you know. Um, and... Uh, I, but I started thinking about it. The reason why I do these things is not for those three people. It's for 3,000 years from now. Should anyone come across this, I want it to be right. Cool. Yeah. Shall we, uh, should we talk about our first sponsor for this week before we move on? Yeah, speaking of writing and getting it right. Oh, actually, do you know what? Sorry, before we do that, I must mention, because uh. we've just spoken about the Minnesota Bloggers Conference. Yes. Um, you were on a panel called the podcasting, it was called Questions, it was basically the, the podcasting panel at the Minnesota Bloggers Conference. Yes, it was the basically a closing keynote panel discussion about podcasting. And you um, sent me an email because you needed me to give you some answers to some questions, so you <laughs> yeah, well, well. Placed, you know, numbers and such. Um, and you also sent me the questions, and I was quite jealous of you because I wanted to I wanted to answer them. So it's basically about planning podcasts, producing, um, and publishing. Mm. So next it's week, for, fantastic! Yeah, the really great questions, and um, it looks really interesting. So. Um, Next week, we're going to run through those questions, and, and, and I'll try and give some answers along with you. So anybody that is interested in how how the sausage is made, as was a previous episode of this show that I know was quite popular right at the very, very start, um, we're going to we're going to be doing that next week. So um, I will say, if you have any questions that you, 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 know, you would like to know what we do, how we um, create the show... Um, and, and anything like that, you know, if you've got any any questions or, or comments or anything like that, you'd like for us to add to that episode because it's probably mainly going to be um, focused around that. Best way to do that is to get in touch with us via our contact form, which you can find at seventy decibels dot com forward slash contact. Um, and mm. if you get in contact with us there, then uh, we will we will be able to add those to the list. Yeah, sounds good to me. So um, our first sponsor this week is Drafts for the iPhone and the iPad. Now, Drafts is an iOS application, um, obviously, that I, that I love quite dearly. Um, and I've been using it for some time. Now, what Drafts does is it gives – it's basically you open the app 
and you're presented with an empty text field and you and it's very super fast and it basically gives you a place to capture um, ideas and thoughts maybe some notes um, or maybe you've got some ideas some status updates for one of the many social networks you can capture all of those in drafts and you can keep as many draft posts as you like in in the application but what's really great about it is how it lets you share them with just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of potential places so let me give you an idea so um once you've captured something you you can use drafts to output to email text message create a calendar post to twitter facebook dropbox evernote or print and then using um, url schemes from other applications you can send them to external apps like you can add a new task in omnifocus or things you can add a calendar event in agenda you can send to tweetbot there's just so many apps that you can send your drafts to it really is incredible so when you open it it launches to a new blank field ready for you to type you don't need to fiddle around creating a new note or anything like that you just launch and type and since um, drafts the drafts developer agile tortoise they uh, recently um, released their new ipad application they've implemented super fast and really easy syncing between drafts on your ipad and iphone which makes sure you always have your notes with you i was playing around with this and i was sort of writing on one thing and checking in and it appeared on the other and i was getting very excited but i'm quite sad really. <laughs> um, drafts for iphone is one dollar 99 in the app store and drafts for ipad is two dollar 99 an absolute steal um, you can yeah. visit agiletortoise.com forward slash drafts to learn more but we have a special giveaway. We have some copies of the application to give away. This um, is really cool. Yeah, which is absolutely fantastic. I'm really pleased yeah. that I did this. Now, all you need to do, go to the show notes for this episode, which you can find at 70decibels.com forward slash enough, or they may be in your podcatcher of choice if you use Instacast or Downcast or something like that. And you will see um, a link in the sponsors section that says, click here and tweet this text. So if you want to win a copy, click here and tweet this text. You just click the link. It will take you through and just show you some text. Copy it, tweet it, and you may be in for a chance of winning. Um, I'd yeah. also ask, like with our uh, giveaway last week, <laughs> if you follow at 70 decibels on Twitter, it gives us a great way to get in contact with you if you are one of the lucky winners. Um, so thank you very much to Drafts for sponsoring this episode. Yeah, I just want to go on to say that Drafts is just a great app. It is extremely well designed, and it is um, made by a a developer uh, who cares. Yeah, you know, I mean, who really does care, and who's like, uh, I mean really is trying to make it the best of its breed uh, for what it does um and there are a few, you know there are others out there but this is just you know one that has an attention to detail and and more importantly an attention to here is i think the way you know here's the thing that i think is the way this app could be the most useful to people right um, and it really works hard at doing just that. Um, uh, could not uh, recommend it more highly if for no other reason than to support uh, great developers doing great caring work. Exactly. Exactly. Now, so. um, we gave away uh, something last week. We gave away a blocks, block 
um, for yeah, the Apple TV. Yeah, the Apple TV dealy bopper. The yeah. winner was contacted. Um, Neil J. Savolva, Savola sorry, was the winner. Um, and so congratulations, Neil. Yeah, and, uh, Neil's awesome. He's uh, lucky to get it. Indeed. So very much like last week, if you want to be in for a chance of winning another of our competitions, um, all you need to do is just make sure you go to the show notes and tweet that uh, tweet. So it's just yeah. Just says, I had uh, no idea. Like if we just changed the format, people would like give us stuff to give away. That's crazy. <laughs> so lucky. If you had told me that we would have done this years ago. <laughs> I know. Again, if you're a developer or, or whatever, and you want to give things away, like I enjoy doing this, I like giving to people. So just get in contact. Me too. I'm so totally the second topic in our Google Doc today <laughs> is under the heading. Let me just get it. Oh, I've lost. Where is Oh, there's always a sandwich is what you were saying to me is our next topic. And uh, there, There's always a sandwich. I guess it depends if you work in a deli or not. Should we move on? <laughs> no. No, no. Okay, so here's the deal. Um, uh, so to my uh, subscription newsletter uh, folks today, I, I wrote, a, wrote a thing. It's a treatise I've had for a long time um, about uh, the two types of, of personalities, I guess, uh, uh, methodologies uh, that uh, people bring with them uh, into the kitchen. Those that enter the kitchen to prepare food usually get two types of people. I like to term these two types of people the cook, and the baker. Now, the baker uh, is usually the person that bakes. Um, or, more importantly, they cannot do anything of value in the kitchen in general unless they have a recipe. A recipe with measurements and a strict understanding of what goes in where and how much and when and clear directions and everything that they cook in the kitchen, they cook from a recipe and they follow the recipe to a letter. And this makes absolute sense, especially in baking, right? Because in baking, too much of one thing versus another um, could be the difference between cake and mush, Right between uh, a a biscuit and a rock, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it it's it's uh, you really can if you deviate too much with certain items. I would say with most items uh, in any sort of baking recipe, you can get tremendously different results. Um, and so there really is no room for error. The recipe makes sense. Cooks, on the other hand, and I count myself amongst this group, kind of treat recipes as a rough guide. This is one of the reasons they don't like to, they don't bake very much. And when they do, they don't, they certainly don't enjoy it as much as they enjoy cooking because, you know, we like to kind of screw around with the ingredients. We like to, Put a little bit extra in here or maybe change and substitute this out for this other thing there and to kind of have fun with it. That's how we have fun in the kitchen is by kind of experimenting. And in fact, if you give a cook just kind of a few ingredients that are complementary and send them into the kitchen with zero instructions whatsoever, just say, go take this stuff and make something. 
that's like, you know, that's Nirvana. That's like, <laughs> that's party day, right? Because it could be anything. And that's what we love as cooks. We love the fact that, you know, we can go in and take these three ingredients and make them one way or in have one thing and then like take these same three ingredients, mix them up this different way and have this completely different thing with no plan, rhyme, reason, recipe, measurements, what have you. Um, and you will also find with cooks that if you send them into the, the kitchen to do a baking job, if they are adept to know which ones they can modify just a bit, they almost always will. For instance, if one cup of chocolate chips is good, one and a half is probably just a little bit better. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so, um, so you know, those are the really the two distinct type of personalities. My wife is very much a baker, and I'm glad that she is, and I'm glad that she enjoys baking. It is not unusual to come to our house and just find, say, a pan of brownies sitting on the oven, just. They are available for anyone who wants to cut one and take one passing by. Or, you know, uh, she'll just come home and make fresh bread. Why? Just to have fresh bread. No other reason. Uh, she's usually the one who, if we have uh, a function to bring food to, you know, let's say we're going to some memorial service and we want to, she's the one who bakes some cookies or makes a cake. Um, uh, but that's also the reason why I almost always end up doing the majority of our day-to-day -day cooking is because I like to cook and I like to work on the top of the stove and not have any plan. And at 4.30 when, you know, I want to have dinner on the table by 6, say, you know, let me go look and see what's in the kitchen and see what I can throw together and just throw something together. Something I've never made before and may never make again. And that's the beauty of it, right? Is that that's the fun for me. But I think that there's another thing too. Another thing a little bit deeper than that. Cooks allow themselves the permission to fail. Because cooks know that part of learning how to cook is learning from the failure. Knowing when you've put in too much salt or that you forgot to put oil on the bottom of the pan and now you've burnt up a pan that you have to spend two hours scraping to get the gunk off the bottom or, you know. But, th but this is how you learn, right? And you learn by giving yourself the permission to fail. And the reason that cooks are able to give themselves permission is the idea that, hey, if I really screw things up, if I really botch this up, if this thing I put together is completely inedible, there's always sandwich. There's always a sandwich. I can always just make a sandwich and we can call that done. And so, therefore, I've allowed myself the permission to fail because... There's always an answer, and it may, it may not be the meal that you want. It may not be the meal that you set out to have, but, hey, it's something, and it'll be just fine if things completely go south. 
And I think that we can apply that to other areas of life. That we need to give ourselves the permission for things to go horribly wrong. Because only by doing so will we ever learn um, what success looks like. Right? Um, uh, there's a, a, a saying... Uh, that I uh, just uh, caught uh, the other day, and it kind of goes along with another saying. I'm not sure if I'm getting this right, but it's uh, uh, amateurs. Was it amateurs uh, work until they succeed? Professionals work until they can't fail. Right. Or practice, right? So amateurs practice until they succeed. Professionals practice until they can't fail. And I think that that's, that's a very similar idea. The idea that only through going in with the idea that you're going to fail and that you're going to learn from that failure and you're going to keep failing until you can't fail anymore. Knowing that there's always a sandwich. It's always good to have a sandwich. (laughs) There's something to be said for a sandwich. Um, one of my uh, favorite little pieces of of, uh, of knowledge is that uh, uh, I guess in Germany this is not so much the case any longer, but it used to be um, pretty widespread uh, from an eating habit perspective that uh, they generally have, uh, say, you know, cold cuts, lunch and meat, and some cheeses and some bread, and make sandwiches for their dinner. That that uh, tra- traditionally, uh, lunch is the big meal of the day in Germany, and dinner is usually served uh, it, it, it basically sandwich style, very light. Hmm. Yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, not not so much the case anymore, but uh, it used to be. So, yeah, always a sandwich. I, I think you know that's uh, people. People need to God, go easy on yourself a little bit. We we work so hard to to please everyone and to get things right and to always be perfect and to always be lauded. But you know uh, how how many how many three pointers uh, actually turned out to be bricks before Michael Jordan could shoot? You know, several in a row effortlessly, right? How many, you know, how many times did Michael Phelps nearly drown before he was able to be the fastest man in the pool, right? Uh, these these things are, uh, you know, are all about failure, not about success. So... So, uh, do we want to talk about uh, some things we're we're loving? Before we do that, though, oh, we have to talk about uh, Squarespace. Something that we will love eternally, and that's Squarespace. Yeah. yeah. 
So Squarespace, you know, we've been speaking about these guys for a while because they are so awesome, of course. Um, Squarespace are the service that give you absolutely everything you need to create an amazing website, blog, portfolio, your home online, no matter what that might be. Squarespace is flexible enough that it will allow you to create something truly beautiful, no matter what your purpose for a website will be. Um, I've told you, you know, I speak quite a bit about things like their responsive web design and stuff and how, you know, um, you don't have to worry about what your site's going to look like when you're um, using Squarespace. You don't have to worry about what it's going to look like on a mobile device. Because when you add images or design pages with the new version of Squarespace, Squarespace 6, your entire site, it restructures automatically to make sure that it fits nicely in every web browser on every device and it maintains the beauty of the site's design. They do some really magical stuff. If you go to any Squarespace 6 site, on your web browser on your desktop and you take like the little um, the, the the size slider and you just drag it around you'll see all of the elements of the site move around and then you'll get a good idea as to how it's going to look like on different size devices which I think is really awesome something that I use and love daily is the Squarespace app so um, with the Squarespace app, you can post to think you can post uh, to your blog on the go or to your site on the go, um, but you can also manage your statistics. So if you are a fan of stats, then you're able to manage your stats wherever you go. So you're able to see um, how many people are coming to your site, uh, what your page views are. You can see um, search terms. Uh, you can see how many subscribers you have, and it gets even more in depth on the web. And they have beautiful charts and everything. And these are real time analytics, and they're built right into Squarespace. And in my opinion, um, I haven't been able to. I've used all the different types of statistic tracking, but I prefer the stuff that's built right into Squarespace um, more than anything else. It just works so great. Um, if you have a blog elsewhere, you can import your content from your current blog and easily set up sharing and syncing with social media accounts as well. Um, so it will allow you to really make that transition nice and painless because that is exactly what Squarespace believe in. Mm-hmm. If you have a blog elsewhere or a site elsewhere and you want to try out Squarespace, well, I can give you a two-week free trial so you can do just that. Go to squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels to activate your trial. And if you decide to purchase, Squarespace is only $10 a month for their standard plan and $20 a month for their unlimited plan. But if you sign up for one year, not only do you get a free custom domain name, you get 20% off that price. And if you sign up for two years, you'll get 25% off. And what's more, if you use the offer code 70 decibels 9 at 70-D-E-C-I-B-E-L-S-9 at checkout, you'll get an additional 10% off whatever your first order is. So if you sign up monthly, you'll get 10% off that. If you sign up for one of the annual biannual plans, you'll get an additional 10% off the annual price. So if you sign up for two years, you'll get 35% off that monthly price, which is really really great deal so you should do that that's what I that's what I think anyway Pat I think people mm-hmm. should sign up mm-hmm. I think people should sign up for 10 years if Squarespace <laughs> offered a 10 year subscription plan I would pay for that um, yeah because I am a big proponent of this service in case people hadn't already noticed <laughs> thank you very much to Squarespace and, and, I mean and this is not just something that we advertise this is something I mean you walk to walk 70s to decibels built on top of Squarespace right yep. if I have a website it's at Squarespace my personal blog is there, mikehurley.net and 70decibels.com, yep. both Squarespace sites. And uh, I was using Squarespace long before I was affiliated with them in any way. Uh, thanks to Squarespace for supporting Enough and their continued fantastic and well-loved support of 70 Decibels. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So uh, 
What are you loving, sir? Tell me, tell me, <laughs> tell me, tell me. So, so there's this new phone out. I'm not sure if you've heard. <clears throat> well, I know that I love mine, but that's not what I'm going to talk about today. Yeah, I know. Well, uh, you know, it looks great. Um, yeah, and there's some chatter about the about the maps thing, about the scratching thing. And, you know, just like any time Apple changes the iPhone, there's always something. I'm not sure if people remember this correctly, but uh, when, the, when the white ones first came out, remember uh, when they first introduced the white model? First of all, it took forever for them to come out after they announced there would be a white model. And then when it finally did, there was like some discoloration issues. Yep. That were happening, you know, likely due to heat or whatever, um, and so those were a problem for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever Apple makes these changes and moves, there's going to be something, and it seems like this week something or this times something is the black ones. Uh, I guess can scratch pretty easily the the anodized coating that they have on the aluminum back and get scratched or nicked fairly easily and because it's silver underneath it's especially noticeable or something like that and uh so my birthday's coming up next next week next monday to be exact and uh uh my wife was actually planning on getting me an iphone 5 it's almost becoming every two-year tradition i know what my birthday present's going to be and that's going to be the new iPhone that was just announced and released, right? <laughs> it just so happens that because I got an iPhone, uh, my first iPhone on my birthday, I now will be getting an iPhone on my birthday every two years. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, she was planning on doing this and had not planned any other birthday presents. But yesterday I started to think to myself, you know what? I don't really need it. I still love my iPhone 4. As a matter of fact, it seems a little bit snappier with iOS 6. It's working just fine for what I use it for. I'm not sitting there going, oh, my God, this thing is so slow and all, you know. I mean, maybe it's because I actually haven't used a 5 for any length of time, so I haven't reset my expectations as to what it should be. But I'm pretty happy with how it is. I really love it still, and so I, I told her, I, I, I don't want an iPhone 5 for my birthday. Crazy, that, man. I know. I said, you know, I'll I'll wait a little bit. I'll wait until some of these, you know, maybe some of the scratching issues go away. Uh, I still think that some interesting things might be happening in October, and maybe I'll see what happens there because I still have an iPad Gen 1, and maybe I might want something to replace that before the year is out here. And, uh, you know, maybe I might want to. So I basically said, listen, I, I want to take a indefinite rain check on my birthday present. Because it might be very well that either, A, I decide to get the five, but, you know, I let some of these issues get ironed out first. 
Uh, or maybe it will be that I decide to just stick with the four for oh, for a while and uh, remain happy with that and maybe replace my iPad instead. Who knows? Mm. So, yeah, the thing I'm loving, I'm still loving the iPhone 4. I think I'm going to continue to love it. I think it's just fine. I, you know, I'm not missing not having Siri. I'm not missing anything that I haven't had yet. Well, and how could I? I'm pleased for you. <laughs> but, um, I know you're very happy with yours. Yeah, I'm. I'm very happy. It's the it's the best. Obviously, as you would expect, but it's the best phone I've ever made. But yeah, there are there are things about this that. It's 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 a big leap. I mean, and there are things about this phone that are just incredible that you kind of need to use. I mean, the speed of it is great, but for me, the screen is just, you know... Right, it's great that it's larger, that the actual... The way the screen looks, for me, feels as big a jump um, as the Retina did. Mm. It's just the things that they've done about... Color saturation and and you know the way that they bring the pixels closer to the glass and it's in, it's just incredible. It looks incredible, but that's not the thing that I'm loving. Um, I've wanted to talk about this for weeks actually, so I'm glad that I finally got around to it. It's probably it's a podcast that I I love very very much, um, and it's high on my list actually. It's fast becoming one of my favorite podcasts to listen to bar none. Wow. Um, that's it, saying a lot. Okay. It's from our friends at 5x5, Five Five, um, and it's Brett Terpstra's show, Systematic. Yeah. Um, God, that guy is amazing. It's difficult to kind of say what the show is about. Like he kind of, Brett just has a, a different guest on every week, and they kind of just talk about um, creativity and working. Basically, the, the description that he gives the show is a weekly discussion about creativity, productivity, work, and everything Mac and iOS. And he's had some great guests. He's had people like Sean Blanc, um, David Sparks. Has he had David Sparks on? No, he hasn't had that. Ignore that. I'm thinking about Generational now, which is our new show. But uh, Because I just saw Gabe Weatherhead, Mac Drifter, who um, is hosting a new show on our network called Generational. Uh, but he had Brett Kelly on, who is... On our network, have Merlin on, uh, many other people as well. It's um, it's just such a great show. Brett Terpstra is a, he's he's kind of to me feels like a natural without meaning to be, right? Because he, the show just feels like a conversation between him and the other person, um, and he's doing mm. he's, he's just doing a really stellar job, um, and I think that he's the way that he reads sponsors is potentially one of the best in the business for actual reading so not that many other people will care about that but you know obviously I pay attention to these <laughs> maybe we'll uh, you know discuss uh, some of that in uh, next week's episode because yeah, exactly. I'd, I'd like to hear you kind of expound, expound your ideas on that and how it should be done and how it should be done well and things like that mainly because I, I think that um, you know we've now had years of that of, of this from you know uh Thanks to like you know, oh geez, uh, you know this week in Tet's you know network and you know the five by five and seventy decibels and I mean we are kind of used to hearing sponsors on podcasts by by this point uh, in our 
listening evolution. Um, and there, you're right. There are some times it's done very well, and other times you're just like it's very clear that they're just reading from some script, and it doesn't. You know, it sounds very generic, if that makes sense. Yep. That makes perfect yeah. sense. I actually have some, some good thoughts on that, so I've added that to the doc for next week. Yeah, please do. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a great show. Um, I've actually got Brett on Command Space in a couple of weeks. Um, I'll be talking to him about the show and how much I enjoy it. So <laughs> That's exciting. Amongst many other things, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, it's a great show. Um big fan of the work that, that Brett does and big fan of 5x5 stuff in general so if for any reason you have not listened to this show yet I would suggest that you uh, go ahead and do and obviously there will be a link in the show notes for that which I think brings us about to the end of this episode Mr. Rowan so uh, places to find you will be patrickrowan.com minimalmac.com your yep. Patrick Roan on app.net, which is yep. um, the social place for people to find I'm, you. I'm, I'm Patrick Roan just about everywhere, by the way. People can email <laughs> you if they want at Patrick at patrickroan.com. Love, love email. Yep. Because he's an email, he's an email kind of guy. Um, yep. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, on the places that you would like to find me. If I'm there, that's how you'll find me. Um, thank you very much for listening to uh, this week's episode of Enough. Had a great time. Indeed. As always, um, I am Mike Hurley, and here's Patrick Roan. And until next time, we'll chat later. Cheers. Cheers.